Welcome to a Longer Table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. All right, you guys, we are talking about misconceptions in foster care. So I have 10 misconceptions that I want to talk about. For those of you that are new to the podcast, you should know I have been a foster parent for the last couple of years, almost three years now. My husband and I have had 16 kids come into our care and we have loved it. And it's been the hardest experience like I could ever describe. So I love fostering. I'm really passionate about it. I love partnering with families and seeing redemption happen in a variety of ways. Even if that child can't reunify with his or her parents, it's really cool to just be part of something that's so much bigger than yourself. So I love it. I love it. I love it. And now let's dive into the misconceptions. All right. Number one, there's a misconception that people make a bunch of money by fostering. So let me dismantle that by saying a few things. Number one, you don't make money by being a foster parent. You get reimbursed by the state for a certain amount. So it's called a stipend every month for the children in your care. That money is supposed to be spent on feeding them, clothing them, and being their parent, like doing fun things with them and being able to provide for them. It is not like the state is throwing thousands of dollars at you to care for this kid. So you're not going to make a bunch of money. Now, there have been instances where people abuse the system. There will always be exceptions in the world and people who abuse systems, right? And they will get away with somehow, and hopefully this is becoming less common, but I know it's happened, where people will get into it for the wrong reasons. They begin to take more and more kids into their care so that they can collect this money, and then they don't provide for the children appropriately, and therefore, yeah, they're able to make money. But the way I see it, if you're doing it right, you're not going to make money. I always tell people, E and I spend more money than we are given by the state. So not like a ton. Like it's not like we're like losing tons of money and I don't want to ever like deter someone from from being a foster parent because they think they're going to go broke. But if you do it appropriately, you're spending the money that you're given on the child covering their basic needs like food, clothing, field trips, and whatnot. Okay, so that was myth number one or misconception number one. Number two, there's this misconception that all foster parents, I'm sorry, not foster parents, that all biological parents are monsters. So I even definitely held this belief somewhere deep inside of me when we first became foster parents. And it's taken experiences and time and really just having an open mind to break from this. So these biological parents 
who have children in the foster care system are not monsters. They are lovely, wonderful human beings who, for a variety of reasons, cannot care for their children temporarily or potentially for the long haul. So yes, it is hard to have a kid in your home knowing that they have been physically or sexually abused by a parent or that a parent uh, allowed their partner to do that or whatever. It is really hard. It is easy to judge and to be angry. And I always sit with that and allow myself to feel those feelings without rushing through it. But the whole point of fostering is to foster the whole family, to help these children, if it's appropriate and safe, to at some point reunify with their parents. Because you guys, they love their mom and their dad. They love their birth families. They, even when they have been mistreated, abused or neglected to some degree, They love their parents and they are loyal to them. And it's our job as foster parents to cultivate that relationship and to protect it. Again, appropriately. So don't take these statements and generalize or say, well, you're not taking into consideration this safety thing or whatever. Like, I get it. I'm just trying to give an overview here for people who are intrigued about fostering, who do foster, or who just are interested in the misconceptions about it. That All of that to say, one of the ways that I've found it true that all of these biological parents aren't monsters is by taking the time to get to know them. When I found out that, you know, visitations were going to be every Tuesday night with our boys' mom and that I could actually be the one supervising those visits. I was excited because she and I then naturally had this opportunity where on a weekly basis we were getting together, we were getting to chat and get to know each other. And as we got to know each other, I found out she was in foster care. I found out that the the generational cycles of poverty and abuse and all of these other things were in her story. And it helped me to empathize with her and it helped me to see her as the woman that she is instead of the monster that a courtroom created. And flipping that narrative has been so vital into having a successful relationship with her. It's been helpful in me helping cultivate the best relationship between her and her boys. And so it's really, really important to remember that these parents are not monsters. Number three, there's a misconception that you'll want to adopt every child. Okay, so I naively went into fostering believing that I would get so attached and I'd want to keep all these kids forever. Wrong. I love them all and I do not want to adopt them all. And that's okay. That's actually the very next misconception that I was going to mention, which is that you have to be willing to adopt in order to foster No, not true. You could say we are not adopting. We are not open to children that need a forever family, but we would love to foster. And then if that child can't reunify, they will find 
a home that is looking to adopt for that child. But I don't ever want someone to say, oh, I can't foster because we are definitely not going to adopt. Remember, the whole goal of foster care is reunification. So you'd actually be perfect for it because I think a lot of people get into fostering saying, yes, I want to be pro-reunification, but underneath it all or secretly, they really hold on to this hope that they'll get to adopt. And I've even navigated that tension because I'd always thought like we'd adopt out of foster care and maybe we will someday. But at this time, we aren't. And we haven't wanted to adopt every single kid that we've had. So that was, let's see, we had number one, which was that foster parents make a bunch of money. Wrong. Two, that all biological parents are monsters. Also wrong. Three, that you'll want to adopt every child. Not true. Four, that you have to be willing to adopt. Also not true. The fifth misconception about foster care is that these are bad kids, that they're in foster care because it's their punishment. I actually was super surprised by this, but as I interacted with friends Um, in the beginning of our foster care journey, who didn't know much about foster care, they thought that we were getting like juvenile delinquents and like really bad kids. Yeah, not true. These kids come into care because they've experienced abuse or neglect in their biological family. And it's not their fault that they've experienced this trauma. And it can cause them to act out in ways that um, are similar to a juvenile delinquent, right? But they are not bad kids. I mean, for a lot of us, it's like if we had had the childhood that they had, if we had experienced the things, the abuse and the trauma and the neglect that they've experienced, we would be acting the same way. So these are not bad kids. Number six, the sixth misconception about foster care is that same-sex couples can't foster. Oh, this one is like, no, 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 no. Same-sex couples can foster and they can adopt. And so if you are married or not, if you identify as LGBTQ, you are very much welcome to foster. And in fact, there is a surplus of youth in foster care who identify as LGBTQ and they are in foster care because their parents have kicked them out or um, there's been abuse due to them coming out. Um, with their sexuality. And so we are actually consistently in need of adults who can provide a safe, loving place for those youth. So if you are part of the LGBTQ community, I would actually encourage you to reach out about fostering or even to mentor a child who's in care, um, who's struggling with their sexuality in that way, because we are seeing higher and higher suicide rates from these youth. We are seeing more of them come into care and they just need an adult who gets what they're going through, who can be there for them in a way that those of us who are heterosexual can't. So that's my encouragement. Um, the seventh misconception about foster care is that you have to be married. Nope. 
you can be single and every state has different requirements per age and like what you make and all of that stuff. But it's actually fairly easy to become a foster parent and you do not have to be married. So I follow several foster parents on Instagram who are single, who are killing it. And what I love and admire so much is, you know, it's not easy doing it with the spouse and it's got to be 10 times harder doing it without a partner. But I love that this one woman I follow, Bethany, she did not wait to get married. She did not wait to follow her dreams before she got married. Like she could have said, I'll wait to be a foster parent and follow this call on my life when I meet my spouse and we have a house and settle down, blah, blah, blah. And it's like so beautiful that she's like, you know what? I'm 30. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to foster and I felt this call in my life. And at some point, maybe God will provide a spouse for me. But for now, I'm going to keep moving forward in my life. I mean, it's the same thing when I see my single friends who are like, I'm going to travel. I'm going to chase my dreams. I'm not going to wait till I have a spouse. Yes, yes, yes. That is awesome. So you do not need to be married. Number, I think we're on eight, um, of the misconceptions is that your biological children are going to suffer if you foster. So I don't have bio kids, so this is not me speaking from my own personal experience, but from my friends who foster with biological children, they repeatedly tell me that their biological children not only don't suffer, but are some of the most like empathetic, aware, non-judgmental little humans. Um, and they're seeing just how fostering is just like it changes us. It changes their kids for the better. And I just think that instead of looking at it from like a fear, like, oh, these kids that come into my home are going to like negatively influence my children. If we could instead flip that and say, oh my goodness, my biological children will have an opportunity to help is being, you know, part of this whole fostering experience that, that they'll actually get to help influence the kids that come into our home. And they're going to learn that not every child has what they have, and they're going to become more empathetic and understanding of children who act differently than them, speak differently than them, et cetera, et cetera. So your biological children are not going to suffer just because you foster. Again, there are a million disclaimers to this like the ages of the children you foster, the ages of your biological children. I think there's so much to consider. And for those of you who have wondered, like, will E and I ever have biological kids? I don't know. I used to say, no, absolutely not. And now I'm like, yeah, maybe. I think it's interesting how I've evolved about that in the last six to eight months. Actually, I should say like the last year or so. But um I do know that fostering for us is a way of life and we don't see it ending if we have biological children. However, I don't know. Um, I hope that we continue to foster. I would love that. And we'll see where life takes us, right? 
But if you have biological children, I hope that you will speak with other foster families who also have biological children so that you can hear that um, there is a lot of beauty and positive reasons to still foster and that your children aren't just going to suffer. Next misconception. It's an easy way to grow your family. Ugh. I hate when I hear people say like, oh, I think that'd be a fun way or an easy way to grow our family. I'm like, ooh, you are in for a rude awakening because fostering, first of all, not an easy way to grow your family and also shouldn't be the desire of your heart to grow your family. Like, again, we want to foster to help reunify kids to their parents, if at all possible. If it's not, of course, you will grow your family because you might end up adopting that child and hopefully incorporating their first family into your life forever Um, to grow your family by not just this child, but by this child, their parents, their grandparents, their aunties, their uncles, everybody. Um, But it's not an easy way. So financially, yes, if a foster child ends up being able to get adopted, it's like basically free. Everyone will say, yeah, it's free. There are some minimal costs typically, but you're you're talking nothing in comparison to other forms of adoption through private agencies and um, internationally, et cetera. But it's not easy. It's like, again, because the goal is reunification, you are fostering a child for months and months and months, usually years before an adoption is on the table or even uh, finalized. And so it's not going to be an easy way to grow your family. I wouldn't look at it that way. I think that's a big misconception. Another misconception would be that, you know, you're going to be sad when the kids leave. So (laughs) this sounds kind of funny to say. You will be sad when the kids leave sometimes, usually, But there are also times where even when you have done your best and you've gotten attached to some degree, you're really glad that the child leaves. Like, I feel a little guilty, a little weird saying that out loud, but I think someone needs to say it. Like, there are certain children that just aren't a good fit. And it is really good when they leave. And of course, you're sad because you love them, but... I think there's this misconception that similar to people who say like, oh, I couldn't do that. I'd get too attached. There's also just this misconception that like you're going to be devastated every single time a kid leaves. It can actually feel like a huge breath of fresh air when that kid goes home or is able to move on and be placed with a relative. It can also be um, just a really beautiful thing in that sense. And so I just wanted to provide that as kind of a counter to what everyone's always talking about, about like, oh, it'll be so hard to say goodbye. Yes. And there are times where it's a huge relief and it's okay to say that. And that doesn't make me or anyone who does this work a monster or hard hearted. Like we love these kids and that's really, really hard. So I'm wondering if I said all 10. Um, I think I got to them all. If I missed one, I'm sure someone can go back and count through. But I just wanted to share about those misconceptions because 
I have a lot of questions come in about foster care frequently, and this is my experience. I am not saying that it is the truth and the experience. I am just sharing from my own. Um, I would love to hear from other foster parents about other misconceptions that they believe need to be shared, and I would love to share those. So tag me on Instagram at Manda Carpenter if you want to share. And let's continue the conversation around our tables. Love y'all. Bye.